You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm joined by the amazing Olivia Heyman. Hello, everyone. We are talking today all about ones. So I hope that you are tuning in. Some of you may be even finding out you're a one today, which would be exciting. Others of you that are ones or married to ones or engaged or dating a one are just tuning in because you are all things curious, I'm sure, about how ones in marriage engage. Also, excitingly, I love that your questions are finally being answered because people have been writing in sometimes specific and sometimes general questions about each type. So we're just interspersing that in. Sometimes there's a name with it. Sometimes people prefer to be anonymous. But we're also going to be going through ones with every single type today. So it's exciting because this is a huge question we get all the time, don't we, Olivia? Yes, and especially with your husband being a one, I feel like we get it more often than not about ones and sevens specifically because you're a seven. Exactly. And it's so funny because my husband and I get so many people who are ones who want to be friends with us for that reason. And we also get a lot of ones in my coaching business. Out of all the types that come through, ones are by and large the majority. So it's a really it's a great personality in this way that I think I can dialogue about it from a variety. And that's a great place to be when you know there's a large amount of ones that I can really talk about today. And of course, none specifically, but just really a great type to be. If you're a one, you know that you're also called the reformer, the perfectionist. We've talked about not loving that label of the perfectionist because that's more of a one not in health. But we do know that ones have this amazingly keen ability to go into the depths of detail with people. They have this ability, almost supernatural, to see error everywhere they go. And even in an inflection of a voice to a Uh, place on the road where they notice the roads could be better or in a hospital system. I've talked about how my husband's in the medical field and he catches things on charts that a lot of other types might miss. And so he often actually saves lives using his one tips. He just told me about a case this past week where he was able to give somebody some very critical care. So I thought that was really cool. But you guys also know ones get very critical of themselves and they're hard on themselves. So that's a stereotype, but it's usually actually quite accurate. All of these can be stereotyped to a negative, but most ones do understand and they actually say, yeah, that is true about me. And they even say some of them, I have a critical voice that is audible and sometimes even may curse at me if I'm in a really bad place. So it's important if you're a one or married to a one that you know that they are coming from a place of deficit sometimes where they're thinking about inequities and how there's not enough or how they're having to work harder because they're making up for this critical voice, almost a super ego, if you're familiar with psychoanalytic theory, where they're really kind of pulling from this place of parenting in their brains and saying, I need to do this because this is the right thing to do. And for a one, doing the right thing and being good is their core motivation. Some people say it comes from childhood. Others say it's always been there. I've actually had clients of both varieties, some of them even really 
really insisting it really isn't from the way I was parented. So we have to be careful that we don't say it's always because you were parented in a way that made you feel like you had to be perfect and right. A lot of the time, Sharon and I noticed in our book that it was people who are firstborns, but that wasn't always true either. So anytime you make a universal claim about any of these types, you're in dangerous waters. But it's okay to say, let's make some inferences. Let's hold it lightly while trying to find some things we can grow from because our point here is growth. That's so interesting that you say that about the birth order because everyone I've ever known has actually been in the younger end of the siblings. Oh, my goodness. I know one that's like a middle sibling um, and then a couple that are youngest. Isn't that interesting? It sure is. And the some of them I'm thinking of now too aren't oldest. Some of them are only two. I've even got oh. an only one as a client. So I think that's really important that we don't just say that, but we could say it about our own kids. What do I see developing here? My spouse is an oldest. Do I see one traits? Because as much as I used to kind of think tri-types were a bit of fluff, I understand now that sometimes you might actually espouse a tri-type where maybe you're a firstborn and you're not a one but a one is the second part of your tri-type. So it actually comes out a lot or you go to one in health or stress. So it's really important that you look a little bit more closely at your Enneagram type if you suspect one is part of who you or your spouse is, but it's still not your core motivation to be good and right. There may still be a strong relationship to one. So, But I do want to let you know the triad one is in, and we talked about triads last episode, so you can check that out if you missed it, but they're in the anger triad and they repress their anger specifically. So a one often can't identify anger because they were taught as a child anger, and you just heard me say it, taught as a child, maybe not definitely, maybe something intrinsically, that anger was not an acceptable emotion. Oh, interesting. So basically they kind of suppress it. Mm -hmm. And they just don't admit it. And you might even see a clenched jaw or the tone or the sarcasm rising up because they don't know how to manage it. Instead of realizing that anger is a God-given emotion for an emergent situation, they're thinking, I'm wrong about this. And this just further makes me feel bad. Or they're feeling like I may be right, but I don't know what I can do about it. I feel helpless. So they don't want to show it, but it comes out anyway. And then of course, if they're really feeling like they're in right action about it, they will show it finally. And it will come out intensely because they've been stewing about it. So when they finally get into a place of this is an acceptable emotion, sometimes you see an excess of anger or even rage in a one. Oh, wow. So definitely let them get things out before it gets to the rage point. (laughs) Right. And check in with them. This is one of those types where a weekly meeting is a good idea or every other week where you say, hey, let's talk about how we're doing. And they're very organized, usually and efficient. So you don't have to fear that they're going to want to process it for two hours. They'll probably be able to very succinctly tell you if they think there's something wrong that you could improve upon. And a lot of spouses with ones and me being one, especially, I know that it gets frustrating when your one says, I want you to improve on things. But remember, that's their gift specifically. So you have to understand they're actually quite good at it. I mean, MLK was a one, we think. And so people like that who have changed the world because of their reform principles, 
you've got to remember your spouse has gifts to give to your family. So maybe it's budgeting. Maybe it's the way you guys are going out to dinner and they know that you should take a certain route. Whatever it is, try to let them influence because they have thought things through and they do have a special gift for critical thinking. I know it can get frustrating, but please don't negate that and say they always or they never because I bet if you think about it, your one doesn't always correct you. But if they're in the habit of doing it a lot, perhaps you need to start getting that weekly meeting in. And ones I want to say to you guys, if you do need a weekly meeting or an every other meeting, this is so everything to a one. Make sure you give compliments. Make sure you sandwich your critiques in between compliments. That goes such a long way for people. Oh my gosh. I know this is something actually that I had been thinking about. It seems like there are certain types that don't take criticism super well. So would a one be considered one of those types? Definitely because they're already so self-critical. And I actually really try not, almost never, I almost just said I never do this, but I, (laughs) I try to rarely bring up a critique to my spouse because if I've noticed it, 99.9% chances are that he's noticed it too. So it's really important that you don't heap even more self-contempt on somebody who's already dealing with a bit of that at least. And hopefully your one is healthy enough to have A, other parts to their tri-type which aren't just problem-focused, but B, some sense of self and has done some of their own work so that they can give themselves permission to be good. And even if they're not good all the time that they can say, you know, not everything I always do is good, but I am still loved. I don't have to be perfect in order to be loved. That's a really soothing message that they can give themselves and allow you to be able to have some freedom because once in a while you do need to say something and critique them because that's part of life. And I know we can't control each other, but you really do need to be able to talk to your spouse about what's wrong. So that's a lot better of a way to do it is talk about what's wrong. Doesn't have to be a total critique. But you also, when you're with your one, make sure you sandwich it. But as ones know, don't sandwich it with fluff. Oh, interesting. So be caring and kind of do like a compliment sandwich. Yeah. But, you know, definitely get to the point. Do that and do it succinctly and don't make them feel like you're just blowing smoke because they'll sense that like, wow, this isn't even genuine. So the critique was genuine, but the two things they said around it were very vague, like, hey, you're a great husband, but you never take the garbage out, but you're a great husband. They're like, oh, thanks. (laughs) Like you basically just made those first, the others up and you really just aren't even noticing all the good I do. So I think that's really important that ones know you see all the good they do because they really do believe that they work harder than everybody else. And it doesn't mean that they all say it like that unequivocally, but it is a kind of underlying negative mantra that kind of runs through their brain is, why am I working harder than everybody else? Why doesn't everybody else pick up their share and be a part of my team? I feel like I actually kind of relate to that a little bit because... I don't know if it's the same, like how it happens is the same, yeah. but I know for me as a six, because sixes and ones have um, some similarities. Common mistype. Yeah. It's very common that I will end up doing all the work, like especially when I was in school, that would happen all the time mm. and at work as well. Mm. I would always be given 
every task because I would get it done and I was reliable. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of feel with you ones there. <laughs> yeah, that's really challenging and you get it. And I love that Olivia can sit with that because it's really a grave feature of ones that we need to sit with a little bit and just grieve with them versus saying, no, 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 I work just as hard as you. And I really don't like when spouses get into the tit for tat of who worked harder because nobody can see inside of the other person. You hear me say that a lot if you work with me or if you listen to this podcast because you really can't. You just really don't know what your spouse is up against. But what we really can say is almost everyone we've ever met really is extremely hard working. And that's one of their best features. So we do really want to give them a compliment here and let them know that we want them to, to know they're valued and we see their gifting of hard work and of bringing order to the world and of seeing those details. But we also want them to have permission to just be human. And we want permission to be human if we're with them as well. And I think when a one starts to relax and and give that permission and start to believe and to trust their spouse or their people that they are working hard and they have different gifts, then everything flows. It's just so beautiful. A one has a wing of a two or a nine. And sometimes a one with a helper wing can get even a little more excessive in their giving and in their time. And so when they start leaning in on their nine wing, they start realizing, wow, I can rest and go to peace. And that makes them feel so happy. It just gives them a balance that they didn't have permission to go to before. It's a beautiful transition to watch a one backing away from the shoulds of life and starting to just embrace rest. Interesting. So a one wing two would probably be more prone to feeling like I have to get all the stuff done. I have to do this. I have to go serve here. I have to do that versus Mm. kind of saying, I, I'd like to do those things, but my personal health and my my personal things yeah, come first, absolutely. if that makes sense. Yes. Like the things that they should be taking care of kind of mm-hmm. take a back seat when they have the two wing. Right. And the funny thing is there are some healthy shoulds out there. And so I try to teach ones about the healthy shoulds that they can embrace without guilt, which are, I need to take care of my body work. I repress things with anger. I don't always feel comfortable. Even if they hear me or others say, go ahead and feel comfortable in your anger. It's like, great, I got some insight, but change happens when somebody starts to really incorporate that belief and trust in themselves. So it's really important as they take it baby step by baby step to really start embracing this self-care will actually make me better at what I do. And the message will not be so bracing when it's presented with love and with grace. Because of course, we all know that with ones, a huge word for them in themselves and with others is grace. That's so interesting. So ones, if you're out there, maybe a good word for the year for you for 2020 would be grace. Absolutely. That's a great word for them to embrace because if they have this attitude and position of grace in their marriages, their spouse is going to want to be their partner. They're going to want to be on the team with them and just serve them because they're going to say, you work so hard. And spouses of ones, when you see their anger, just understand that's the way they react to unsafe feelings in the world. So if there are things you can do, I want you to try to do them. But of course, we're all individually responsible for our own ultimate happiness. And if they come from a negative place and stance, even by positioning as a one where they're seeing error, you can't fix them, just as a one can't really ultimately fix you. But you guys together can say relationship over right, 
We want things to be done well and we want things to be orderly, but we're going to embrace good versus perfection. And then a one also, when they leave their home, they're able to focus more in nature and get that green space and get thriving in their workouts. And you just see this lifting. So sometimes people say, my one on vacation is so different or outdoors. So pull them out a little bit more. And if you're a one, take a few breaks from work so that you can be more refreshed when you come back. And when the should start acting up the negative unhealthy shoulds, reapproach with some healthy that are healthy shoulds like, hey, I do deserve a break. I'm a human being. And also let's let God be God. Because even as a one, I'm not God. I can't play God. And ultimately I don't have control, which is a scary proposition for a one. Definitely. I know, especially with one's I know a lot that are in like the medical field or the health field and and things like that, which makes sense because I do want to reform and help you feel your best and do your best. Yes. But I can imagine that some of them in an unhealthy way get a bit of a God complex. So mm-hmm. that's definitely something to watch out for. I would assume if you feel like your spouse is maybe heading in that direction, that's something to definitely pray about and um, try and help them work through that because it might just be that they're in that stress mode. Right. And maybe they've been feeling like, They have to perform at that high level, like Olivia said, or the whole world's going to collapse. Right. Yeah. Like everything they do is like the most ultimate bad or good thing that you could do and they do it wrong. Everything's going to crumble underneath them. So Mm -hmm. that's definitely a lot of weight on their shoulders. So that's that's something to, like we were saying, grieve with them about, but also help support them. And I know for me, I always go to well, let's help them see things from another angle because what they're seeing right now isn't the truth. So let's kind of, let's shift that way of thinking, which I know some ones might be like, oh my gosh, that's like asking me to, you know, <laughs> say this guy is purple. But, right, you know, right. in some ways it's like you don't, you don't know what you don't know until someone tells you. Exactly. And a lot of ones, I think this is why I see them in my practice too, is they're open to growth. Yeah. They're really looking for tools. And so if they know that by espousing these less critical beliefs and doing the happier self-talk and um, hanging out with people who are nurturing and encouraging and complimentary, but not to the point of ad nauseum or fake, then they're able to incorporate more of that inside and say, okay, wow, like other people see great things about me. And even if sometimes I don't win, it's okay. And, And their win is, of course, different from a three in the way that their win is when they feel like they've done the right thing and they've done the best job they can, they feel so good. So when they feel like they drop the ball, we just want to help them. We know a one with a two wing can go into shame. We want, know a, a one with a nine wing can kind of narcotize out. I've seen many a uh, one who has an alcohol problem or who doesn't understand in marriage that just because they have a bad day doesn't mean they have to be a bad person or do quote unquote bad things. So the polarization of good, bad is another great thing ones can work on because you do sometimes find that there's two levels of a house and one level of the house doesn't know what the other one's doing because there's this perfectionism that must be maintained. And it's just better to say to ones, look, I know you're not perfect. I love you anyway, as your friend, as your spouse, please don't hide that from me. So it gives them permission to be authentic And also you can joke with them like, hey, you know, we know each other's crap, but we don't have to share that with the whole world today. That really blesses my spouse when he says or does anything off. And what's kind of funny about our marriage is we love to tease each other as me being a seven. So sometimes if he does anything a little crass, I'll be like, oh, I'm going to (laughs) tell. But that's fun. It kind of brings some lightheartedness into, you know, a place where it might be really easy to get 
off-put and irritated and even shameful exactly. but if you're able to kind of dish it back it's like oh okay exactly and he knows I never would like I'm just like I'm gonna tell and he's like oh my gosh woman <laughs> you better not you know what I'm like I'm gonna tell people you're not perfect he's, he's like, being like no, no. <laughs> he says no I mean he know he's like trust no, me people know. know I'm not like but That's at so the funny. same time it's just this little fun banter that we can do with each other and he can do the same thing back at me because we're both in these heavy positions where we're always in charge of people's like ultimately they're in charge but you just heard me slip into saying we're in charge of people's health or <laughs> marriages and so well, they it's come like, to you for they exactly. come to you with all of their problems and they basically expect you to fix them right in a lot of different ways because obviously he's more so taking care of their physical health you're taking care of mental health and so yeah. it can be it can be a lot right so it it's can. fun to joke it can be we just shoot the ball with each other and then we're like <laughs> okay we're going to church <laughs> We're going to go serve some more people. Let's even it out. No, I'm just right. kidding. <laughs> well, hey, you do that sometimes in life where you're like, okay, God, I have not been very good. But anyway, we'll get there when we get to our seven episode yes. on what we do in our little neurosis. But for ones, it's kind of like the sound of angels when they get to go to church or do some kind of service in their favorite place. Like for Wes, it doesn't even feel like work at all when he's ministering to kids or tonight he's going to be starting to coach our son on soccer. And it's just like a perfect fit because ones make this great parent. But I also just want to encourage you guys to know in your marriages, don't become that parent as a one because your spouse is an adult. You picked them. Yes, perhaps there was a part of you that thought you could fix them. We don't always pick well when we're really young and we marry or just immature and we marry or trauma and we marry. But Knowing that you're listening right now, I know that you're a caring, healthy person who wants to be deeper and who wants to be wiser in your marriage. So just remember your spouse is an adult. An adult. You're not their parent. And when you start leaning too heavily into that, you have stress and health arrows you can go to. As a one, you go to seven in health and you go to a place of fun and joy. And as a one, you also go to foreign stress, which means you can use that point for your artistic outlets. A lot of ones I know, I really can't think of any one I know who's not also very gifted with art. That's so interesting. I don't know a single one that's gifted at art. Well, I I think I know one who doesn't know what their art is, but they're beautiful and stunning in the way they present themselves. So I think sometimes it might be that with a one that their art artistry is seen and felt in, in various ways, but they're detailed. So when they do a picture or edit a video, it's done with such precision. Lots of ones, though, will say, I'm not going to do it because I don't want it to be imperfect. Right. So it's almost more of a stress point than a than a fun outlet at that point because they're like, mm -hmm. uh, but it might not be good. Yes. And they can also go to victim four mode where they say everybody else has it better than me and the grass is greener on the other side. And I think that's a really important point for ones because they really have such a should about them and such a hard work already kind of on their shoulders feeling. So when they start adding in and I'm victimized and everybody else has it better than me around me, then you see them wanting to kind of shift into those two houses more and kind of separate and say, I deserve a break or you know, I have to have this outlet because my spouse isn't perfect and I'm looking around and seeing that everybody else is. So it's a really good tip for you as ones to really get out in nature, do your body work, understand your spouse loves you, has different giftings from you, 
And you can also give them your gift of saying, look, I'm really good at this. I can help you to grow, but I'm not going to be your parent. I'm going to get my self-care and I'm going to do my work. And it's not going to be the unhealthy work of addictions. It's going to be that I face my stuff, even if it means I have to go to my artistry place of four and kind of go to angst for a while. I know my husband likes to go to the piano and it took him a long time to know what he liked to do because he also has a three in his tri-type. So it really took him a long time to sort out Uh, His family is very country music oriented, and he likes that too, but they're not piano music people. He didn't play the piano. Instruments weren't something that were really, you know, seen as a high virtue in his family, except singing in the country realm. And so he did a little of that, but he really has a gift for music. And so he was able to find in the last few years this really beautiful place where he can go just give himself permission to go to the piano after a long, hard day of patient charts. And it's really fun to see him. He's quite gifted. So he's even written a song for me that I shared recently on Instagram. So embarrassed. <laughs> As a seven. Oh, I was like, that's oh cute. my gosh, no. But I loved it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yes, it is. So it's really sweet when you see that one can go to four and find some sort of restitution for all the wrongs that have been done to them. Well, and especially because you have a four in your tri-type, you mm-hmm. probably really enjoyed it as well. I did. That's why I said I loved it. Yeah, I hated I it. I loved it. I know. I hate that I love it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is that way. And he's like, I didn't think you <laughs> did because you didn't really say much. And I'm just Aww. like, oh my gosh. Like, it really was vulnerable of him mm-hmm. to say that when he goes to that vulnerable spot, when a one goes to a vulnerable spot, pay attention. I was like, that is so endearing because they don't spend a lot of time there. They're very efficient. So it made me really lean in harder. But as a seven, four, try type I can go too far so I didn't go too far I was just like yes I really loved it thank you (laughs) so yes and so I look forward to more times he's like we'll go back to the piano and we'll sing and play it more so I'm excited for that season of our marriage as we keep moving into safety together so I want to give you guys a little bit more on ones on their subtypes but we're gonna have to have some time to go into ones with each type too so I'll try to be super brief that you know that there's three subtypes self-preservation social and intimate subtype ones. And they do look different. In fact, I've talked a lot about my husband's tri-type Um, And I've only mentioned a couple of the digits, but he's one, three, six. And I didn't know he had a six. So recently, that was something really fun for me to learn. He and I related at the six. But basically, he he is going to be different from a one, three, six. Even I have a one, three, six client and I have a who's intimate tri-type. And then I have another one, three, six client who's a social. Mm -hmm. And they're all so different very responsible workers. But I want you to know when you have a one of these various tri-types and also various subtypes, I know that can get confusing for people, um, it really doesn't always look the same. So that's why you might say, I didn't think you were a one. Or Olivia and I have even been bantering today about different ones that have looked so strangely diffuse from one another. But just in the basic realm, a social one is going to have probably a little bit more of that two feel to them where they are really wanting to give and spend time with others. And they just are at home in doing for others. And 
they are pairing their gift of expertise and detail with a social cause. And it's really a beautiful thing unless you're one, I've seen this go so badly in marriage, is taking it so far that they are helping everybody but their family because their family overwhelms them. Their family isn't perfect enough and their family isn't safe. So then they go out and they're like helping the world and everything. But what they don't realize, and I think Olivia brought this up in a recent episode, people can go to a negative place even in their health type. So a one who is social can go so far into their seven and they're saying, I have so much fun helping others and creating order in the world that they lose sight of the work that needs to be done at home with their very gifts that they have been sharing in the world. So use your gifts at home if you're a subtype social one. Be very careful that you balance that. With an intimate one, they really do like and have the sense of rightness when you feel close to them and very deeply bonded. They look so much like a four. It's really a beautiful thing to find a one who's not just all these other organizational gifts, but also very emotional and tender. But they really have a sense of justice about it. So the conversation needs to be, we're not all built the same with that type of a one, but how can I meet you where you're at? And I've seen people decide not to get married even that felt, hey, I'm an intimate subtype one. And if my person can't relate on this level, I can't live like that because it's such a deep sense of rightness. So with that intimate one, you do get a really strong personality there who needs somebody who wants time with them. They're still going to have a lot of value for spending time with extended family. A one is going to be moderate in all things, so don't think I'm going too far with it. But if you have an intimate subtype one in your family, pay attention because they really need that one-on-one time a lot. And then lastly, the self-preserving one usually leans a little more toward the nine and they are somebody who really likes to withdraw. And after they've given so much order and so much of themselves at work typically or to their families, they are ready for retreat. And they are really good at saying, I am going to just lick my wounds. Everybody's been using and abusing me at work. I've been working harder than everybody else. Even if they're saying that with lightness and they know that others have other gifts, there's just this sense of restitution for I need my time now. So they're going to be zoning out, having fun on their own, and perhaps saying to you, I do know that I need self-care. And hopefully they won't take that too far because we've talked about balancing your subtype, but that's just a tiny bit about ones and subtypes. And now for the PS de resistance, we're going to go through ones with each type. So I hope you guys are ready to learn a little bit about all of them. Ones with ones have very similar values. It's fun to see two ones together because they really love being in their same energized motif. And a double one couple once told me, you should see us on a weekend with how much we can get done. Oh my gosh, it does not sound like a weekend. (laughs) Sounds like a work day. (laughs) Yes, that's such a great insight. But for them, it feels like the flutter of angels wings. Like I said, they're like, we are having so much fun and we're going to celebrate later because we got uh, like 12 buckets of laundry and people don't think that like ones ever have stuff around the house. They do. They're human beings. So, but they feel amazing when they get things done like that. So for for that couple, they were saying, we got 12 loads of laundry done. We got all of our papers checked because 
One of them was an educator. We got this business deal finished up, and then we actually started planning our entire vacation. We ended with a glass of wine at a restaurant, and that was just Friday night. I mean it. Like oh, I'm not my kidding you when I see ones on a weekend um, for for work, which is interesting that almost only ones want to do weekend work with me. And once in a while, I have a weekend availability, so I'll make some time. And they're out doing 12 different things before they've seen me. And I'm like, okay, I was able to do three or four. So double ones are a force to be reckoned with, just saying. And ones, twos, similar too. Um, But we'll talk about them in a minute. I just want to say double ones, the anger can be pretty intense, the repressed anger. So try to give yourself permission to be angry, to talk it out, to do your weekly plan or every other week are either of us off because you really want your morals to be aligned with both of you believing in that right action place and being so strong. Try to really talk it out and try to not be as black and white and say, let's be gray. Let's remember that everyone has an opinion because when you guys butt heads, it's intense anger. So not only can you get a lot done, but this duo can get really angry together and they really need to not be as judgmental and critical of their spouse if it's going to work out. So make sure you get your body work. Like I said, twos and ones together are similar because they're working and there's this helper balance. Um, But sometimes it's a one with a nine wing, so they're not as much into helping others. I want you guys to align what are the values of each. Because if they're similar, it can be a lot like that one one. And while you're accomplishing and maybe you're doing adoption and foster care together and it's just rolling. But if you guys have any subtype differences or you guys have this nine wing going or the the two has a three wing going, you could see a lot of error coming in where the, the two wing three is saying doesn't have to be done as perfectly because we're just doing it and we're having a good time and we're getting it done. And the one is saying, no, it has to be done right. And also, I don't want to be extending us overly into the world. So I want you guys to be really careful on your balancing. That's the biggest word I have with ones and twos together. I also want to talk a little bit about that one and three dynamic because the one and three together are really good at getting a lot accomplished as well as you can imagine. But I've seen a lot of couples with this dynamic and the three really doesn't mind to cut corners, whereas the one loves to say, I just want to make sure we do it with excellence. So do not cut any corners. That's a really important point of distinction between the two types. And threes also are able to often let things go a little quicker. If you've hurt them, they're pretty harsh at times. They're pretty intense, but they're they're not going to be as going quick to be in the feelings. So they're able to say, let's move on, let's move forward. But remember what I said about a one's anger they repress it, they deny it, they don't even know it exists sometimes themselves. And so for them to be with a three who's kind of like moving on quickly, they're like, I'm still mad about when you cut corners or when I saw your shadow side come out. So you need more time. And that's what I want to tell the three is slow down with your one. Give them time, give them permission. And you know how you deal with shame as a three. So make sure you help your one to embrace. It's not shameful to be real. Tell me what's wrong. And then listen to your one who says, here's what's wrong for us and try to embrace some compromise here. This is an important point for a one in three. All marriages need compromise, but especially a one in three where the values may be very different. You guys just need to lean in and say, this time we're going to do it your way, but next time we're going to do it my way. Ones and fours have similarities because a one goes to four in stress, as we just talked about, right, Olivia? Yeah. So I'm assuming they can either be a really good combo or a really bad combo. 
Yes. And usually it's really good, but just like with a one-one, if the values are off, I've seen marriages not work where people said, I'm not going to marry this person because the values are not together. But when they are, boy, this is a great combo because the four can bring out the artistry in one and encourage the venting and encourage the anger that's being repressed. And the one can get the four into action because the four will sit in the past a lot of the time and just think about what went wrong and what went right. The one is just like, let's get moving. We need to change the world. So this is a very dynamic and beautiful relationship as long as they're really owning their anger together, owning their angst together, and owning the fact that they've got to line up on their morals and values, which is why those are so everything to a relationship. One in five, I see a lot of happy couples with this typing a lot. Why they work really well together is that they both espouse a a desire for things to be done well, and a five will research to make sure everything's in order, and a five also really doesn't like using resources too much. They like to preserve resources, which is a high value of ones as well. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I know. It's really interesting because um, my mom is a five. My dad is a one. Oh, so what's wow. really funny is I see that pairing together and it is kind of hilarious because they have on paper, it seems like there'd be very similar things, but the way that it's done is very polar opposite. I see in a lot of things. So um, my mom actually scored a one as part of her tri-type, but oh. I know that it's definitely a six that was mistyped as a one because wow. she's definitely more of like the skeptical, like, oh, I don't know about that versus it, I want it to be done right. And for like moral standards. Mm. So it was very interesting to see. I love hearing that you were able to discern with your mom, hey, this is a little different. And I think that it was a little more, I think you probably give her some cool tools for Enneagram so she can figure out her tri-type even closer. Yeah, it was actually really interesting because her um, her mother and father have both passed away. Mm. And um, we were, we've were we been talking about their Enneagram types and what she thinks they would have been. Ooh, so it's been really that. interesting. And I think she said that her dad might have been a five. Oh, wow. The work you get to do with ancestors even when they've passed, just thinking about them and the work you get to do with people that are your kids that you're trying to hold it lighter. It's beautiful. There's a lot of healthy shifting that can happen in your own mind and in your own healing. So the ones in the five are not going to go as crazy with emotions in an unhealthy place, which is a real cool savings for both of them since both value efficiency so much. And I have seen a one and a five heal from major things quicker than any other type. I've talked about it before, but I've seen a one and a five heal from an affair in one session. And I've never seen that with another pairing and they truly healed. And then they wrote to me later on my Instagram page and said, remember when you helped us heal from that in one session? And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I knew it, but I didn't want to say it audaciously. And it really was their work. I mean, I gave the same tools I give to everybody, but they were so efficient in the way they wrapped it up and understood it and processed it that it was beautiful. And the one obviously didn't go to that unhealthy place and and stay there too long. So I think that was really an insight for me about one and five and how they can actually get down to business and repair things when they need to without holding on to it so much. So I love that about you guys, but I also want to make sure you guys stay romantically wired because you've got a thinker and somebody who's really good at uh, fixing things. So you really need to make sure you take time out for fun and try that one needs to embrace their seven. Five also has a relationship to seven. And I think that's an excellent point for the two to relate on. As for ones and sixes, I don't see this pairing as much. Do you have any insight for why that might be Miss Six? I think. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I'm serious. Um, no, I, I feel like it's because the motives for why we do what we do are very different. One is more so 
I want it to be done right so that I don't have to like sit there and worry about it. And the other one is it needs to be done right. And so I think that's why, because one is a little bit more like, and I mean, one is in the six is more like, eh, you know, whatever. Like if it's not perfect, it's like, whatever, I did my best. But the one is going to be a lot more like, no, it has to be done right or else mm-hmm. I'm going to be berated in my head. And so mm-hmm. I think that's where the difference comes in. And I think for the six, it could probably wear on them in a marriage to see, wow, I can't really do anything right because even my my doing my best is not enough. So I think because the motives are so different, it would probably get irritating. And that might be why I don't see as many of them now. Sometimes what's funny about that is in my job, when I don't see people together, it means that they're really healthy. So I want to give you ones and sixes out there together. Perhaps that's why they're not coming in as much for work together is because they're doing really, really well because they're so similarly wired. But like you said, Olivia, there are some very core differences. And that might be why I don't see as many or hear about as many couples of this pairing. I do want to say if you have this pairing, one with a six, make sure you are honoring and owning that the six's anxiety is not about you so that you don't take it in as a critique on you, but just a matter of them needing to process their stuff. That's part of the six nature is needing to even verbally process. And if you're always absent from that because you don't feel it's efficient, that could really, in a marriage, make them feel very lonely. So it's important that you give them time, even if it's just five minutes a day, let your six vent to their stress to you, even if it's up to 30. I doubt you'd go farther than that with a one. If you're a six, try to honor the way that your one is wired to and try to take, I say this to all sixes anyways, try to take some of your worries to your own place instead of bringing them all to them because I think that's really hard on a one. They already feel a lot of pressure and burdens and they feel very responsible for other people's issues and fixing them. So by nature, a six bringing the issues to a one heaps it on and they will try to help you problem solve. But if, you can, if you're not ready to problem solve as a six, try to say to them, okay, thanks for listening. I just really needed a vent. One in seven. This is a type I know well together. They come to to me a lot and they come together a lot because the ones love the fun in a seven. It gives them permission to have their own fun. And a seven goes to one in stress. So they really value organization and order a lot and really feel attracted to a one's permission to do the work that they don't always feel permission to do or to finish. So that's a neat pairing. And they also have stress points because they come in to see me, or I felt this way too, of course, where they're saying we're so different, we're so divergent because the one doesn't always spend their time in fun mode. And a seven doesn't like the constraints that a one has sometimes of the negative spiral of, hey, things are not perfect because that's their gifting. So when the two can understand the giftings, this changed our marriage a lot and it changes most marriages a lot to say this is not a bad or a good thing. It's just a difference. I think that's so everything to this pairing so that they can just have permission to be themselves and to be different. And it can also really bless a one when they realize the seven isn't always very needy. They do enjoy their social time usually, but they they do retreat to type five and research. So it's not as threatening as some types to a one who may need more. The one can say, my seven is content even without me. And that's a blessing for that one to not feel like they're fully responsible for that person. But I think that if the seven's not healthy, it can get into parent-child dynamics really quickly and that the forever Peter Pan syndrome can take over and the one and seven can 
just kind of like oldest, youngest sibling, like, I'm going to take care of you, and I know what you need better than you know. And what a one needs to realize is a seven will make it work no matter what, because they've not been able to rely on people most of their early years, so they have made it work anyway. And I think once a one realizes that, then they can set their boundaries without guilt with a seven and say, okay, you're fine. I know you're going to make it, even if you do things a little differently than me. You're thriving, and I need to pay attention to that. And like I said, if the seven isn't thriving, this might be a couple who could use some good therapeutic work because we want you both to be thriving. But the one can really teach just that it's okay to spend time on a project and to do it to excellence to the seven. So this pairing does really well on projects together. And my husband and I have had a lot of fun on Things like some pairings would never do these kinds of projects together, but we've written scripts together and seen them acted out on stages, and we have a mystery dinner game company, and it's really a fun way for people to really play out the fantasies of one and seven together where I write these stories and then the one edits them. Oh, interesting. So you both get to use your gifts. Yeah, we do. And then the one has the seven sides. So sometimes Wes has put things in our games that are more audacious than I would even do. And I'm like, oh my gosh, really? Like He's like, yeah, I was editing this, but I added this funny stuff. And I read it and I'm laughing out loud. I'm like, really? Are you sure you're going to give yourself permission to like let that cat out of the bag that you're that funny? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. So it brings him some lightness and he gets to have that it's scratched of editing my work. So that really makes him happy. So we have so much fun on that. And a lot of the times when he makes our kids' birthday videos, he'll say, you put them together, you help pick the song, and then I'm going to put them all into a beautiful video for their legacy. So it's just a nice thing to do projects together if you're that type, and then to travel together if you're those types, because they really connect well at seven and at one. So one and eights together. What I love about this pairing, and I've seen it quite a bit in my practice, is that the one finally gets permission to be angry with their eight. So you guys that are eights are really giving your ones permission to be who they are even when they're feeling a rage. And that's kind of fun for one to be able to say, I'm angry and I'm owning it. I am peed off. And, <laughs> and I think that that's so... <laughs> So funny of a term. I've never even used it before. And it's hilarious. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to be like G-rated here. So that's probably not what they're actually saying. Oh my saying. gosh. Is that like a non, non-G-rated word? <laughs> no, I think it's G-rated. That's okay. why I'm laughing because okay. it's just okay. like not usually the okay. wording used. <laughs> I was like, oh shoot, did not know that. <laughs> oh my gosh, oh, well. you're hilarious. <laughs> no, no, that's totally fine. But I think the eight would not mind at all to hear them swearing and just being yeah, real right. and like on. <laughs> Honestly, this is just where I'm at today, and I think it's cute. I love this pairing. There's so much energy to this pairing. Oh, my gosh. Ridiculous amounts of success with this pairing. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it sounds like a powerhouse couple. It is a powerhouse couple. I think a three and eight is called the powerhouse couple, right? Oh, wow. Or the celebrity couple Well, we something. gave them some fun ship names. Yeah. Yes. That's funny. Yes. But I feel like a one and eight would be like yeah, killing the game. Yeah, they are killing the game. Wow. I mean, they are detailed. They are visionary. They are just, wow, they're pulling a lot of stop. They're pulling every stop. So you just cannot get any anywhere with this couple if you're trying to like surpass them. 
But if you are them, then you need to know to pay attention to the details eight because a one really does value those and they do go to their heart and they do, they usually will surrender to the eight in a lot of ways and give them the control ultimately that they want, which is hard for a one. But with an eight, I've noticed they usually do surrender that control if they feel safe with their eight. So eights just understand that they need time still to process sometimes, even if they can go to anger, don't just let them stay there. Take them to vulnerable emotions, which I know are not easy for eights. So that's my challenge to you is sit there with them. Don't just solve. Don't just fix. Don't just be the hero, but come in and sit in that sad place with them for a bit and let them be real so that you guys can together take that journey where you're balancing your thoughts, your heart, and your bodies. You're both in that instinct triad. You need your body work. That couple really does. And then lastly, ones with nines, nines and ones They love one another so much because nines actually, they both have a wing toward one another. Have you ever seen that pairing together? I have not. I've only ever seen a one wing two. And I feel like that's because a lot of times it's like the the need to to help and do great things is so intense Mm -hmm. that they can never go to that nine. That's that's the only thing I've ever seen. I know sometimes they will go to nine like if they have to, but normally I'm seeing a one wing two. Mm, Yeah, that seems to be the more commonly thought of one out there in culture and one wing nine and ones with nines. There's a sense of permission to be at nine for both. And then there's a permission for nines to be detailed in their one. So they do work really well together. But the anger is there too, just like with the one, 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 eight, one, nine, the anger is powerful. And so you've always got to consider what's my triad, what's their triad, whether shame, anger, or anxiety, and think about wow, we're both angry. We're both of us not really saying much about our anger. So taking that weekly or every other week, again, becomes very important where you take this time to kind of give yourselves a marriage report or a date and say, what is our special way of doing well and celebrating that as well as especially important here, where are we frustrated with one another? Because there are places that you get frustrated with one another. And I don't want the nine to just be imploding. I don't want them to feel like I can sense that one's anger all the time, which they do because nines are so good at that. So um, it's important that the one own your anger with your nine. They're going to know it. Just like I tell ones with feelings people, they're going to know it. You might as well be honest. Um, But let the nine work at their own pace when you say, I'm frustrated with you because you're not going very quickly. Remember, nine's gift is calming. And that's a beautiful thing to a one who's got their shame going on at times in their four mode. And They've got their self-criticism going on in their one space. So they've even got that seven thing going on where they're so intensely happy and they're probably running to and fro. So to have a nine with you reminding you of your availability to go to a place of peace and embrace your own nine wing those guys can have so much fun together when they're just chilling. So it's really important you watch out that you're not, you know, taking too much alcohol as a coping strategy together or just forgetting things about your anger, but just dealing with it and being open and knowing you can get through anything. And then also letting your nine express their anger without you getting riled up and indignant and feeling the criticisms too strongly. Because know that when a nine finally will tell you when they're angry, they mean it and they have an important place where they feel something's right, 
That's really important because they do not like for a one to move them from a fixed position when they finally hit their stubborn point and say, listen, I've let you have the lead. I've let you take control a lot, but I finally, this environmental issue or this issue with animals, or maybe just that I'm not going to go to the mall today with you and take your watch back. Something as simple as that could be so important. And if your nine is finally going to have the courage to stand up and say like, no, that one really needs to understand this is like everything to that nine to finally be heard. So make sure you as a one do that. And as a nine, make sure that you try to do the work of your own stuff because that's going to really rub the one the wrong way if you are not at all in a place of action. And ones love action. That's just how they're made. They're reformers. So if the nine is too far into that pendulum swinging toward relaxation and calm, that can be huge friction as well for this pairing. But otherwise, such a gift to you guys both with your calming and your order together. Oh my gosh, I've seen this work so well. So we've made it through all the typing together with ones. And I hope you guys have found this episode to be really helpful. We will see you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.